um, from Ephesians 3, uh, verses 1 to 13. And in case you've got a church Bible, it's on 1174 page, page 1174. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Thanks be to God for his word. so much. A privilege to uh, look at these passages together in Ephesians. We're thinking about who are we? Do you know who you are? Um, it's important to know who you are. Um, there are certain different personality types. There's lots of tools you can use to figure out what your personality type is, and that's really helpful, actually. Um, uh, I won't get onto that now, but this is something that is true for all of us, okay? Whatever your personality type, um, there are certain scriptural truths that we find in this passage uh, and in uh, all through these first three chapters of Ephesians. So I invite you to just dig deep into Ephesians. It's uh, an incredibly rich book. Um, yeah, so I was listening to the radio very soon after Boris Johnson was uh, announced his resignation and, and no sooner had he done that than someone said, what will the history books say about Boris Johnson's uh, leadership? And uh, 
I'm not going to answer that question, and we'll, the point is we don't know what will the history books say. Um, but you know, history books talk about leaders like Boris Johnson, talks about prime ministers and presidents and kings and queens and, and wars and, um, you know, different things that happen in the nations. They don't normally talk about people like us. <laughs> um, and yet you are part of God's story. You might not be in the history books, but you are part of his story. My mum was a historian, and uh, we'd go on holiday. I remember we'd be at the beach, maybe go to a Mediterranean resort. Mum would be reading a big book on Hitler. Um, <laughs> and, uh, or Stalin was, you know, I remember picking these big tomes. And uh, she, was, she was a strong historian, and obviously there's a lot we can learn from history. Uh, but we don't learn about the little people. Uh, we just learn about the famous leaders. And the little people like you and me, we, well, we don't matter really, do we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. In God, we do. We're part of his story. Do you know, on uh, social media, you might have a little story. Do you know what I mean? It's your story, where you've been, uh, who you've been with, uh, what you had for breakfast. Really, I'm so fascinated. Uh, yeah. You know, this is your story, okay? Um, Joe, I, uh, I, I followed someone on Facebook this week. She's, uh, she's an athlete. On Monday, I had a day off. And I, I ended up watching the athletics, and uh, there was the women's marathon. And uh, I just got into because I run, you know. But these women are running for 26 miles at about the speed I can just about sprint at. <laughs> They're doing it for 20, it was astonishing. Anyway, this woman came in fifth, her name was Sarah Hall, and, and uh, Steve Crum was commentating and saying, oh, Sarah Hall, everybody loves her, she's amazing, and she's 39, which isn't bad going for uh, a marathon runner at the World uh, Championships, and uh, she came in fifth, she did absolutely fantastic. And then we had Pete and Kim on Wednesday, and, and um, they said, well, they know her really well, and her daughter's friends with her, and then I found this lady on Facebook, you know, the first thing she says about herself is, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I was just like, wow, come on. She's the third fastest American woman in history. And what does she say about herself? I'm a follower of Jesus. That's my story. That's who I am. That's powerful. You remember Eric Liddell? Chariots of fire, you know? Well, you might not be a fast runner, but you can live your life for Jesus and be part of his story. And your story can become his story. Well, the Apostle Paul obviously is a big part in God's story, but he didn't see himself as that. He saw himself as a servant. He says in verse 7 of this passage, I became a servant of this gospel. I am called to serve. And, you know, we sometimes talk about those who might serve teas and coffees, uh, but you know, we're all called to serve. Some are called to serve by leading. Some are called to serve in different ways. We're called to be a servant of Christ Jesus, just like uh, the Apostle Paul. But we don't serve to earn his favor. We serve because of his grace. He said, God's grace was given to me so that I could become a servant. We receive God's grace first, and because of his grace, then we serve. Paul was not big time. He's one of the key people in the history of the world. 
And yet, what did he see himself as? A servant. Is anyone bored of leaders who boss everyone around? Anyone bored of leaders like that? <laughs> you know, we're called to be like Jesus, who said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. And uh, ultimately, that is what we're here for, to serve by God's grace. And what has this grace given him to do? Well, he says here, I was given this grace to preach to the Gentiles about the boundless riches of Christ. Has anyone ever told you you've got boundless energy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Has anyone ever told you you've got boundless enthusiasm? Come on, Alice, you've got boundless enthusiasm, haven't you? Come on. My wife's enthusiast. She's got boundless enthusiasm sometimes. You have too. When you're boundless with something, there's no limit, right? <laughs> Maybe. Actually, the truth is we've all got our boundaries, right? All of us. Uh, even if you're enthusiastic, even if you've got loads of energy, it comes to an end, doesn't it? I've looked at my bank account recently, and it's not boundless, I've discovered. <laughs> there are limits. <laughs> we all have our limits, we all have our boundaries, and that's just the way we're made. We're used to being finite, we're used to not being able to do everything. That's the way we're made. We've got to be able to um, recognise that. But what we have in the Gospel are boundless riches. Boundless riches. The boundless riches of Christ. The King James Version talks uh, about the unsearchable riches. If you go you know, swimming in the ocean, I'm going to have a you know, swim and you deep dive or whatever you search, but you, you're never going to get to the bottom. It's unsearchable. The riches of Christ are unsearchable. What we have to offer to the world is boundless. It's not a rigid, boring, safe Christianity, is it? Paul was called to preach the boundless riches of Christ to those who didn't know Christ before. And that's what actually we're called to join in with too. Now, I believe we need to know those boundless riches first, and then we're called to go and share them. Do you know that his love for you knows no bounds? Do you know that what he has stored up for you in heaven knows no bounds? We'll never get to the end of heaven. Anyone ever watched the Truman Show? And eventually he gets to the end of the world, doesn't he? Sorry, I've just spoiled the end of the film there. But he's in this sort of dome. You know, he's in this sort of world that's all created for him. He doesn't realize he's the star of the show. There are cameras everywhere. And eventually, sorry to spoil the film, but he does make it to the end. And he realizes, oh, well, it's not the sky. It's actually a big wall. Heaven's not like that. Christ is not like that. There's no limit to Jesus Christ. Your God may be a little bit too small. Do we need to? recognize just how great he is.
the boundless riches. The grace of God was given to Paul through the working of his power. He recognized that he was the, he calls it the less than the least of all the Lord's people. He knew he was nothing. He was, you know, he was a scumbag persecuting the church. He was a nasty guy and all the rest of it. But by God's grace, called does that mean that God can call you and me to share the boundless riches of Christ? Have mercy, Lord, for when we've um, made this boring or tried to tame the Holy Spirit just want to release us this morning from limitation. Well, Paul talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ here as a mystery. You know, when something's a mystery, it's like, I don't know. It's a mystery to me. Some people, sometimes, sometimes people ask me, how does the dishwasher work in the church hall? I go, I don't know. It's a mystery to me. And that's a mystery that I'm quite happy with. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. And I, I like to remain ignorant about certain things because, I don't know, absolutely no clue. You know, we watch those game shows. Who's the mystery guest on our show today? Some C-list celebrity. A mystery is something that's hidden. And we might be happy with that mystery or something. You might read a murder mystery, but then what happens? It gets revealed. You read the murder mystery, and by the end you find out, ah, it was so-and-so who done it. Well, four, four times in this passage, Paul uses the word mystery to describe the gospel. For, for, for so long, the gospel was hidden. I mean, there were clues. All through scripture, there were signposts to a Messiah coming. There were little glimpses. There were arrows pointing in the direction, but it was still hidden. But this mystery has now been made known. And not just through um, reading, not just because Jesus appeared and it was obvious to everyone. No, it wasn't. A lot of people saw Jesus in the flesh, didn't recognize him. It was, he was still a mystery to them. Paul says the mystery was made known to him by revelation. He was on the Damascus road ready to go and persecute the church and Jesus appeared to him by revelation. What is the mystery? Well, mystery is the gospel. The mystery is Christ himself. The boundless riches of Christ have been revealed. And then through Jesus being revealed, Paul says that what happens is the Gentiles are heirs together with Christ, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ. Three times, together. We said it a couple of weeks ago, you've been brought together. The Gentiles and the Jews brought together. And you and I brought together. Sometimes church mystifies me. I think, Lord, why? why? <laughs> Is this your chosen tool to bring the gospel to the world? Is, is Pembury Baptist Church God's chosen instrument?
to bring the gospel to Pembury? What do you think? It is. We are. You might look in the mirror sometimes and say, sure God, I, I, I think you could have chosen someone better than me. But God, in his wisdom, has chosen to reveal the mystery of heaven, the mystery of Christ, through the church. I, I'm pondering this. What if someone I know gets to the end of their life and says, I never knew Jesus was like that. You never told me. You kept it hidden. You, it remained a mystery to me. I'm convinced there are people that would accept Jesus if only they knew how boundless he was. If only they knew how rich Jesus was. And the church is still keeping this hidden. But Paul says here, his intent is that through the church, God should be made known. We're called to know Jesus and make him known, aren't we? The manifold wisdom of God should be made known through the church. That's God's will. That's God's intent. God hasn't got a plan B. We're his plan A. To reach the young and children of Pembury. To reach the older generation in Pembury. To reach your work colleagues. Your neighbours. My neighbours. With the boundless riches of Christ. Paul talks here about the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. We're, as a church, to make known the manifold wisdom of God to these spiritual forces. At the end of Ephesians, he talks about being strong in the Lord. Why? Because our battle isn't against flesh and blood, it's against the rulers and authorities in the spiritual realms. There are things that you and I do not see in the flesh, in the physical, but they are just as real. Spiritual forces that sort of stand up against God. But we've already been told that in Christ, we're already seated with him in the heavenly realms, way above all these rulers and authorities. And so you and I are called to make known to these rulers and authorities who think they're really powerful, but actually we're way more powerful because of the name of Jesus. Our role is to make God known to them. It's weird stuff, I know, but read this passage. His intent was that, is that the manifold wisdom of God found in Christ should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the spiritual realms through the church. That's a high calling, isn't it? The church isn't just what we do on Sunday morning. The church is you on Monday morning. The church is me when I join my running club and don't run as fast as those ladies who did the women's marathon. The church is Kingdom Cafe. And we're called to be making known the manifold wisdom of God found in Jesus. 
the manifold, the, the multifaceted, the, the various, the, the multicolored wisdom of God. That's the church. There's no other organization that is as varied, as diverse as the church globally. There's nowhere else like it. Most places, you've got to conform in some way, but we don't have to. We're called to be a glorious people of God, as Desmond Tutu called them, the rainbow people of God. Multicolour. Different ways of worshipping. Different ways of interacting with God. And then Paul says, we can do this. Why? Because we, in him, and through faith in him, we have freedom to approach God. We can approach God with freedom and confidence. I was really glad you had uh, Pete and Kim Carter here on Wednesday. If you missed it, it's on YouTube. Uh, one thing I've be, I am still learning from, from, from Pete in particular is confidence. I think he's probably a naturally confident guy anyway, but he imparts confidence in God that we often just don't have. You know, going back, I don't know, a century or so, this church and others in the land, we had more of a place of honor in society. The church had a higher place of honor, didn't we? Now, it's almost like we're, we're ashamed. What did you do at the weekend? Oh, well, you know, I went to the barbecue. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, barbecue. Oh, okay. Who was that with? Oh, well, you know. Um, with church. Church. <laughs> oh, church? What do you mean? Oh, yeah. What did you. Well, so, so I play football on Sunday mornings. What, why can't you come and join me? Oh, well, I can. Yeah, I'm in a job. Yeah, yeah. Go to church. Yeah, go to church. Don't shoot me, man. But I could do, I go to church. I think often we just lost our confidence. I felt shame at being a Christian. I, I, this is to my shame. But sometimes I know, because it happens, I, I can't get away with it, because people always, well, what do you do? I think, oh, here we go. <laughs> and to this point, they thought I was normal. Now they're really not going to think I'm normal. Yeah, so I, I met some people on Friday and they were like, you're a pastor. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, I, I'm sure that's I have no idea what, I, I mean, that's cool. Let's not go there, but that's cool. But I'm not going to be ashamed anymore. And I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. Because this is the power of God for salvation. So we have freedom and confidence to approach God. Jesus has won that for us. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, did he? A power. A spirit of power and a spirit of love. We have freedom. I want to say be free. I see some flags. Now, Daphne Beard, you're never going to get me waving a flag. Okay? I'm free not to wave a flag. But you are free to wave a flag. And anybody else is free to wave a flag. Because I love the flags. Just don't want to do it myself. I love dancing. My wife will just move around dancing before the Lord. I don't dance unless you pay me money and give me a saxophone. Then I'll dance. <laughs> I've even talked to God and there's no way I'm dancing for him. But 
My wife loves to dance. Be free as you approach God. You are free. You are a free child. You are a free son. You are a free daughter. Just come as you are. And be confident. We should be the most confident people on the planet because we've got a heavenly dad who loves us and says, yes and amen, this is my child. We should be the boldest, most confident people there are. Do not, just, just release us from shame, Lord. Release us from fear. We bind that and say goodbye. There is a price tag, though. There is a cost. And it would be disingenuous if I didn't mention that. Paul himself pays the price for being bold with the gospel. His price is that he's physically in prison as he's writing this letter. He says, there's two bookends to this passage. He talks about himself as the prisoner for, of Jesus. And then he says, he talks about his sufferings at the end of the passage. Paul suffered for the gospel. Now, suffering comes in different ways. You know, sometimes we suffer because of our own stupidity. Yeah? Do you know what? It's, I've got no one else to blame. I'm just darn stupid. That's my suffering. <laughs> Sometimes we suffer just because, do you know what? It's a fallen world. And there is suffering. You know, you got COVID too. You're not exempt just because you're a Christian. But sometimes we suffer for the gospel. For the name of Jesus. Ben Francis talked about that when he came. And Paul suffered. He was in prison for the gospel. But he said... Do not be ashamed of my sufferings. Do not be discouraged because of my sufferings. Why? Because, and this is astonishing, he says, my sufferings are for your glory. That's amazing. My sufferings are your glory. He saw purpose in it, he saw redemption in it, and he saw that his sufferings were worth going through. They were not meaningless. You know, sometimes suffering can just feel meaningless, but they were worth it. Why? Because he saw that the Gentiles were hearing the gospel. There is a price tag to following Jesus. We might not get thrown in prison in this country, but people, yeah, you just got to... But that's why we need boldness, you know? So is anyone willing to stand for Jesus today? Is anyone willing to walk into that freedom that you have in Christ today? Is anyone confident in the gospel today? When I hear stories of how it's transformed lives, that gives me more confidence. Hallelujah. Let's stand and we give ourselves to God. You are here, working in our midst, and we worship you. Just lift your voice to worship him. Lord, we worship you. You are here in our midst, Lord. You are working here and we worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boundless riches of Christ, Lord. The boundless riches of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you that we are a people with access to the boundless riches of Christ. Thank you that we are a people who have freedom and confidence to approach you. 
without fear, with boldness. Lord, I pray you make us strong, you make us bold to take the gospel into those places you've called us to take them to. Lord, we go in our fragility, we go in our weakness, but pray, would you give us boldness? We, would you strengthen us, Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Bless you, Jesus. We worship you. Lord, your light will shine. Your glory goes beyond. Lord, empower your people this morning, I pray. Equip your body, your church, to take the boundless riches out into the world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.